everyone, and welcome to today's uh, podcast of Building a Kick-Ass Offshore Team. Today, I have a special guest. I have Jeff Badau. Is that correct, Jeff? It's actually Jeff Badu. Jeff Badu. Okay, Jeff. And uh, wow, Jeff owns a tax practice in Chicago and has uh, been doing a lot of different things. And he's an active investor. He works with property tax consultants. Uh, I understand you also uh, have time to uh, help CPA candidates and get ready for their test. And you've done all this, and I understand you're only 25. Is that correct? Um, actually, currently 27. Wow, 27 years old. Wow, you've done a lot. So, so let's yeah. start there, Jeff. I'd like to get to know you a little better. Can you kind of share a little bit about your history, where you're from, where you've been, how you got to where you are today? Yeah, so I was born and raised in Ghana, which is on the west side of Africa. And I moved to the United States when I was eight years old. My parents had already been here and I essentially migrated to the States um, with my older sister. Um, life was tough at that age because I moved into an area where it wasn't the safest neighborhood. It was one of the rougher neighborhoods in Chicago at the time. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, I unfortunately not only had to deal with the challenge of moving to a new, new place, new country, but also not <laughs> dealing with um, a not so good environment. So I unfortunately got sucked into some of that, um, just uh, some some of the things that a, a child might go through that's in a bad neighborhood. Um, so unfortunately, I surrounded myself with the wrong crowd, basically. I had friends who were involved in all types of crazy stuff. And being around them influenced me to do some of those negative things. Now, when I was 16 years old, I discovered my purpose in life, oh. which is to inspire and support the super hungry to take hold of infinite resources in order to create an abundant lifestyle. And how I discovered that purpose was that I went back to Ghana. Um, it was a family trip that we took to Ghana. Mm -hmm. And I just seen a lot of struggle. I seen people with um, kids on their back, heavy loads on their head of apples, oranges to sell on the street just to make, just pretty much to, um, to put food on the table. And I was like, wow. I mean, I almost broke out in tears because I'm like, they have, I have such a great opportunity. Why in the world am I messing it up by being around the, the folks that I was around at the time? Mm -hmm. And why not use what I have now to help these people? So that's when my purpose truly unleashed. I had the light shine and I essentially started learning more about money and finances. Okay. I made it my goal to study personal finance. I I started doing more research about it, started looking at savings accounts, things of that nature. Um, and then fast forward to when I was 18, I got accepted into the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. I was the first person from my high school in history to get accepted to that university. And I went ahead to study accounting. Um, and while studying accounting, I was building a business plan, which turned into Badu Tax Services LLC. And with that business plan, um, I just kept building and building it, launched my company in 2016. And I mean, overall, the U of I taught me a lot about etiquette. So dining etiquette, things of that nature. Of course, taught me about accounting and it helped expose me to a, a very large network. And then of course, it helped lead into my business plan, which now is composed of 11 different companies um, so yeah, that's a little bit about me personally. Wow. 
and you are so 11 different companies you are a very busy young man obviously yeah absolutely well tell me a little bit about um within the the, the cpa firm the, the cpa work that you do the tax accounting accounting the different consultants that you do and so what are some of the clients that are some of that some of your focus clients what are some of your uh, main client and and the work that you do for them yeah so just a little bit of history about the firm so Baidu tax services llc is a um it's a tax firm that specializes in tax preparation planning and representation services for individuals and businesses across all 50 states in the u.s and we have clients in about seven different countries at the moment okay. um that firm came about through my business plan um, when I was a freshman in college that I was building over time and launched in 2016. Okay. At the time, between that time, 2010 to 2016, we had 100 clients. And now in 2019, we have over 1,500 and we're expected to hit 3,000 clients next year and 10,000 clients within five years. Um, wow. So with that, yeah, with that type of growth, the client, our primary client base that we figured out that we really like yeah. or that we truly can um, help impact and have massive amount of value are real estate investors. So okay. folks who own real estate investment properties, specifically multifamily residential properties. Um, and Chicago is, we, we specialize in Chicago, but we can go anywhere in the US. Sure. Um, so my niche, the target clients are real estate investors. And then also we have really a lot of real estate agents that we work with. We also like those folks managing brokers or just realtors in general. Sure. So it's that realty, that, that property area, property growth. So that's okay. So that's a nice one thing that I have uh, learned over the years is um, being too broad is not as effective as, as finding a nice narrow focus and focus is important. You know, they say it's not about, it's not hocus pocus. It's all about focus kind of a thing. And so exactly. you focus on, you found something that you're good at. I'm sure you'll take a client or two elsewhere, but that's your main thing. And that's great. So with this kind of growth and this kind of uh, um, expansion, I'm sure you had troubles. You're trying to find enough staff. I mean, everyone's talking about, I can't get staff. I can't keep staff, all that kind of thing. And so um, I came across the concept of offshore staffing and you met integrity. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so I met Integrity actually at an AICPA, American Institute of Certified Public Accountants um, conference that they invited me to. I was a speaker over there. And yeah, I seen the ads and then started getting the emails and the blasts. So that was definitely a great marketing tool. Um, but yeah, I, I started seeing it. I was like, okay, well, my firm is looking to grow. At the time, it was during the summer. So it was it was pretty slow time of the year. I said, okay, let's start thinking about the following year. It was literally after oh. my first year of running the firm. And oh, really? This is 17 then? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So I, I said, um, yeah, let's, let's just go ahead and start looking at possibly expanding the firm. So I started watching videos, testimonials. Mm -hmm. I started looking, doing a lot of research on this whole offshore and the fact that the AICPA um, allowed integrity to be a sponsor of the event i said okay well it can't, can't be that bad must be legit I, <laughs> yeah exactly so yeah i started um i started doing some comparisons i seen hey you can pay somebody uh, remote staff nine dollars an hour wow okay wow this versus 55 or so however much nowadays um they require mm -hmm. so yeah i mean i decided to try it out i jumped jumped in the water and i tried it out did some talk to Sean, um, did some interviews, 
with mm-hmm. some, some of the remote staff and they were great people. I mean, I felt like I was interviewing real life job candidates. Um, and the fact that it was a flexible environment and everything of that nature, it was great for me. So overall, I came across Integrity through a conference and then started getting the email blast and decided to sign up because I knew my firm needed to grow. And I knew that the data entry, I mean, as I was going through tax returns, I knew data entry wasn't for me. Um, I'm more so strategic, high overview. Sure, type sure. Of yeah. yeah, so so you uh, were anxious to get started and you, you uh, gave it a try. You started small, I would imagine, and worked your way up and, and, and tried different amount, number of hours, different people. So what I heard you, heard you say is you found that the, the people that Integrity brought to you to interview, you found them all to be competent and ready to go. And were there any, um, were some of the challenges? Did you, did you uh, uh, communication issues, uh, you know, online interviews? I mean, was that all comfortable for you? Yeah, I mean, for me, I've, I've learned to be in uncomfortable environments. So initially it was a little uncomfortable to interview somebody that's overseas. However, I started becoming comfortable. I learned that they had pretty good English. Uh, I mean, really good English. And yeah, I mean, it, it felt, I mean, for me, I work with a lot of people virtually. So most 95% of my clients are virtual. Um, so for me, it was a very easy transition to interview a candidate virtually. And yeah, the interview went great. You had to ask them some, some questions. Some were business related, some were personal. Um, and an interview process was great. I do feel like I chose the right candidate. Um, I started with one, one remote staff, and then I ended up with two. Um, and I think um, next year we probably will stay at two because we're, we're still trying to figure it out as far as growth and everything of that nature. But the following year, we we'll definitely need a third, at least a third person. Um, so essentially, our role is. For every 500 to 1,000 clients, we're going to need at least one remote staff. Um, okay. So as you keep growing, exactly. Right. Yeah, and so as you and when you work with uh, Integrity, the more you build your team as part of our name of our uh, podcast, building a kick-ass off offshore team. That mm-hmm. team will be uh, working together in our offices in a separate area just for you. And exactly. So that, that type of. Exactly. Synergy, that type of working together should increase productivity and results for you as well. So I'm curious, were there any, uh, some of your apprehensions that you started with that you maybe had some concerns about different things like maybe time zone, skill set? What, what are some of those, what were some of your initial concerns and how did those get uh, rectified? Yeah, I mean, my initial conception was that you pay for what you get. So cheaper staff meant cheaper work or cheaper quality. But it turns out it actually led to the best, some of the best quality that I've seen. Um, okay. So yeah, that, that was one of my biggest misconceptions was that since I'm paying cheaper or that the staff is cheaper then the work would be cheaper. Um, but nope, it's just the fact that these are dedicated people that are looking to work hard. They know what they're doing. They go through training, um, through integrity. Um, I go through, I, I put them through my training as well. Um, through my firm and so yeah that was one and then also the time zone difference that was huge we're dealing with India time zone versus US time zone um, it, it, I mean I, I thought hey I might have to wake up middle of the night but it was very flexible because yeah. all I have to do is get up at about 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. central pop on the computers 
Um, and that was pretty much it. I didn't have to wake up at 4 a.m. or 3 a.m. or anything like that. Um, so yeah, it, it basically worked worked very well with my schedule because I'm an early riser, but I'm not the guy that wakes up at 3 a.m. <laughs> early is, is relative, I suppose. So, exactly. so you found that that maybe, you know, so they're doing some work when you're sleeping and they're, you know, so that's some advantage. It almost extends the office hours for you a little bit and so forth. And, and what about your what about your staff that you currently had at the time as you began to talk about you know we're going to look at uh, this offshore idea what do you guys think i mean how did that go with the current staff what were their concerns and how did you overcome them so believe it or not we didn't have any staff at the time um, oh okay this was the first time. yeah this was this was a one-man show um i mean i did so in our firm we have an independent contractor model Okay. where we teach other people the business we teach other people how to run their own tax business so i had another guy with me um, but he was doing his own thing he was getting his own clients he wasn't assisting my clients per se um so yeah we didn't necessarily have a team per se we didn't have anybody really we didn't even have a business coach at the time now we have over 25 people in the firm okay um that that's not even including my business coach that's not even including my mentors things of that nature um, so yeah, we had no staff, so it was a very easy transition. So as new staff come on, that's just part of the culture. So it's exactly. just part of your business culture and, and so forth. And that's great, because I mean, some people have those concerns. They already have a staff of say 30 people and they and they mm -hmm. look to, to offshore and there's some concerns there. And, um, you know, historically it's been, you know, we discovered that, you know, there might be some apprehension at first, but the reality is, um, utilizing offshore staff to do some of the data entry and some of the what we'll call routine activities um, actually frees up your local staff to be a better consultant to the client, to be better, uh, more or less, less overworked, if you will, and allow them to, to generate uh, better service for their customers and clients, which I think is a positive. So typically there might be a little concern at first, but actually it's usually smiles afterwards because of the uh, of some of the work that's able to be passed off to the remote staff very effectively with the uh, internet and all that with the cloud-based connections and all those sort of things so when you were looking at this were there any other things that you were looking at as part of to help you grow or or, or you just kind of latched on to the offshore idea and just took off with that were there other ideas that you were going at the time um yeah i mean i thought about hiring u.s staff which we actually did. We actually hired U.S.-based interns. Sure. And turns out that basically, yeah, it turns out that they um, they wanted more. They simply they they were getting paid more, but their skill set was even lower than the people that were paid less. The in integrity um, staff. So, yeah, the intern. We hired interns who were paying about fifteen dollars an hour, which we still pay. Um, I guess just to get a little more, <laughs> just really just to get a little more um, diverse. So right. just we have offshore and then we have U.S. based, just to test the waters a little bit. I have found that I like the offshore a little bit more because it's much more flexible. Um, and U.S. I think U.S. based folks just demand a lot. Um, I think it's a cultural thing, but. Yeah, overall, I mean, I thought about hiring even like a tax manager where you pay a salary, but I'm like, you know what? Let's just stick with what we have. We're gonna operate on a contractor basis only. We're not hiring anybody full-time. We're, uh, we're just strictly part-time. We're just strictly 
um, offshore. And yeah, we're, we're just taking off with that. I mean, we have a firm that has over 1,500 clients, more than a lot of CPA firms that I know. And we're still working out of a home office. We're still doing things virtually. 95% of the work is remote. Right. Yeah. Yes, you're taking this whole um, offshore um, uh, virtual office thing pretty far. And that's great. It's a, exactly. it's a great model. And I think the individuals in, I'll use your age category, <laughs> see this as a reality. And that's one of the things we talk about, and I share a lot in some of the webinars I do, is that the whole idea of being office-less or not having all the overhead of an office is a huge advantage. And if you can work remotely, you know, you have both onshore staff that works at home or a distant office, and you have the offshore combination, a blend of that is what it sounds like you're doing, and it sounds successful. What, what are some of your clients' concerns? Do they, have they been concerned about the fact that you're processing their portions of their tax return offshore, onshore, or different? What, is there any concerns about that? And also, along with that, what about data security? Is that a problem? Uh, you know, what are some of your concerns of how do you, are you comfortable with that? Give me some insight there. Yeah, so I literally have one client out of the past three years of running the firm that complained or just expressed some type of concern. But even him, he's okay with it now. One out of 1,500 plus clients. Wow. Um, so I think that's a pretty good, yeah. So, I mean, ultimately the client just cares about the work being done. Mm -hmm. They don't really care who does the work. They care about quality work, efficient. I mean, they don't, yeah, quality and efficient work. That's it. They need, all they're looking for is the final work product. And that's it. They're not concerned about who's doing this. I mean, we don't necessarily like we share that, hey, we're a virtual firm and we have these processes in place and all that good stuff, but they don't really care about that. Right. They care about the work product, the quality of the work. The value is already there. They just value, the right, work product. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, they haven't really expressed concerns. As far as security, we're very secure. I mean, we're probably one of the most secure firms you can ever discover. We have a secure portal where you need a password to get in. You need a pin number to get in if you get locked out. Um, if you have three failed attempts, then you have to email me to get your, your account reset. Um, highly secure, anytime a client downloads a document, I get a notification. So there's no monkey business or anything going on anywhere. Um, our, all our computers are shut off at the end of each day. So nobody can possibly get in after I sleep or while I'm sleeping. Um, everything is all password protected as far as, I mean, documents go through the portal, so they don't necessarily need to be password protected. But our flash drives are password protected. All the laptops and office are password protected. Yeah, initially I thought, hey, what if this company is out to steal data? I mean, that literally, that was one of my um, thoughts, but. People have that concern, yes. Yeah, exactly. So, I, and yeah, you were hearing about the scams in India and all that stuff, but I was like, you know what, these are just, they say the great things in life are on the opposite side of fear. So had I feared this, Point. I would not be able to grow my company and that's on the greater side. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's always that fear or hey, I mean, there's so much, there's so many scams going on, but and I think even the scams have gone down tremendously through IRS um, practices that they put in place and all that good stuff. But I mean, still you hear about these scams, people going to Walmart, getting cards and stuff like that. But yeah, overall, the, it wasn't really a serious um, issue. I think it was just um, just that misconception. And yeah, I haven't had any issues since then. 
Right, so how do you understand, you, you, you probably realize the, the security process and you've been aware of what integrity goes through. How does that, what do you think about how they operate their, their offices? That's something else that you've, you've learned about it. What do you think about it? Um, yeah, I would say, I don't know too much in depth about what integrity does exactly with security, but I'm sure that it's, it's of high standard. I mean, uh-huh. I'm pretty sure that um, staff can't take work home or like very confidential work home, things of that nature. Um, so yeah, to my understanding, it's very secure. The fact that knock on wood, we haven't had any issues. Sure. I'm, I can imagine that it's extremely secure process. Yeah, and just to kind of, just a quick review for you, the, the offices are secure, the staff leaves all their personal items, including their cell phones in a locker, there's password, passcode entry into the office, there's no printers, there's no, all the serial ports are locked down, there's minimal access to the internet, just what they need to do work so they can get onto the, uh, the systems that you provide through your um, uh, network, your virtual, your, your um, logins and all that sort of thing. So there's no paper, there's no pencil, so and it's all, video recorded at all times so there's absolutely no opportunity for individuals to to take anything out of there so that's exactly right they work on your work on your system only <laughs> the time they work for you and so it sounds like so i was gonna ask you about that you said you're you're very secure so do you have like a uh, cloud-based server or do you have a server room within your location or where, where's your system is it part of a cloud-based uh, server system yeah so all the documents go through the cloud um, the software itself right now is not on the cloud. It's, it's a desktop-based software. Okay. However, starting in 2020, we will be going to the cloud. So, of course, that will bring its own challenges. Right. Um, so, right now, we basically have three. We have computers set up in the office where you have to remotely log in. Okay. Um, um, but as far as getting documents, you can get the documents from anywhere. Um, so, yeah, we are going cloud with the software. Um, hopefully next year. We still haven't finalized yet, but we more than likely will. Right yeah, now, they're based on the desktop. Exactly. Now, bring you complete virtuality then when you have everything in the cloud, access from anywhere that'll make things easier for everyone, including your offshore staff. Exactly. Which, yeah. Okay, so um, what, you know, we kind of covered a lot of stuff here. So when you think about it, when you meet uh, uh, colleagues, when you're at the conferences and you talk about it and, and the offshore staffing comes up, or what are some of the things that you, what, what, what would you share out there? If someone's listening right now thinking about offshore staffing, what would you share? What would you say to them? Yeah, I'd say fear not um, because there are great things with offshore accounting or offshore staffing. Um, have an open mind in this. Because, I mean, truly to succeed in business, you have to be open-minded. You have to step outside of your comfort zone. If you're not, then you'll always be comfortable. And for me, if I'm comfortable, that means things are going wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so always expand, always always do more. And in order to do that, you have to break any stereotypes, break any sort of barriers that you have, and just try it out. I mean, there are testimonials, there are reviews online. There's a reason why there are online. Um, so just, just try it out. I mean, I've had great success with it. I love it. I would recommend it to anybody. We have 15 independent contractors that are planning to use integrity within our firm pretty soon as they get more clients and as they get busier. I mean, me, I had a work, a heavy workload for them. They're still building their business, but when they get to the point where they're at a thousand or so clients, they will absolutely need remote staff 
um, or offshore um, accounting. So it's it's definitely something that I highly recommend looking into. If anything, it's going to cost you less money. And another advice really is to make sure you're training. Like make sure you're very detailed about what it is you want with your people. So have we have standard operating manuals. Everyone, any new integrity staff or anybody that joins the firm, they have access to a document that literally tells them from step one to step 10, what you should be doing. So we, we have it already. We just send it to them, they read it, and they just go through it as they're going through returns. Like, oh yeah, this is the step. Okay, make sure you notify him of us finishing the tax return so that it's ready for review. So yeah, definitely have those in place. Of course, integrity, train staff to for best practices, but everybody runs their firm differently. I run my firm very, very differently. I'm usually the last person that sees the tax return in their final product. Yeah, so that, that, no, that's a good thing. So, well, great. Well, thank you for, for sharing today. I'd like to just ask you a few kind of quick little questions here, get your, just to get a little more about you and so, so, so what would be your favorite accounting pro, uh, software package? What, are, what is your favorites? What are some, like two or three of your favorite ones? Yeah, Drake Tax Software, definitely my favorite tax software out there. Very easy, convenient, Drake, and it's say? very, yeah, Drake, Drake Tax Software. Uh-huh, who else? What about your management software? Um, I mean, as, as far as management, I mean, overall, QuickBooks is also one. QuickBooks sure. is a great tool to have everything in there. Um, Drake, I would say, that has a pretty good management software in itself. Okay. Um, so, yeah. I would definitely so, say that. So if you weren't running a CPA firm, what would you like to be doing? What would you be doing if you weren't a CPA? <laughs> I would be a real estate investor full time. There you go. <laughs> Obviously you like that part of it. Oh, yeah. um, so when you think about your clients and boasts or so, what would you prefer? Do you prefer a large volume of clients? You mentioned like 10,000, 1,000, mm-hmm. or maybe fewer clients, but higher value. Which one would you choose? Honestly, I believe we actually have the model where we can have a lot of volume and still a lot of value. Um, We have different trainings in place that teach our people how to sell more, but still get more clients. I mean, in in reality, you probably want lower clients, but higher, super higher dollar values. But for us, we have a model where we're only attracting those higher dollar value clients now. So we're having a lot of them and we're training people to service those clients so yeah, I mean, usually you can't get the best of both worlds, but I think we bit. are in this scenario. Great. Well, hey, when you want to take a vacation, where's your favorite vacation spot? Ghana. So in, in Ghana, where I'm from, that's definitely my favorite vacation spot. When it's time to go, you go to Ghana, huh? How often do you get out there? I go there once a year. Wow, good for you. Oh, yeah. That's great. Well, you have obviously a place to stay when you get there, huh? <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> We're actually developing real estate in Ghana right now. so. Good. That's a great yeah. opportunity there, I'm sure. So what about when you're home and you're done with work? What's What do you do to relax? Um, for me, I like to watch movies. I watch a lot of movies. Um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm usually re- relaxing. I'm just, just kicking back the chair, relaxing and watching a movie. Um, and also I, I write a lot. So I'm a poet. I write oh. a lot of romantic poetry. So. Really? So do you have someone you're romancing right now? Yeah, so I do have a fiance who we're getting Ooh. married next year. Um, so yeah, she gets a lot of Wow, yeah, getting married next year, good for you. So that's wonderful. As oh, yeah. a man who's married many, many years, I, I, I recommend to everybody. 
Absolutely. <laughs> what about uh, uh, professional sports? Who do you like to cheer for? I'm a huge Boston Celtics fan. He's ah. doing very well right now. The Celtics, that's interesting. That's a little bit far from Chicago. Oh, yeah. How did you become a Boston fan? Yeah, so as a kid, when I was in Ghana, they turned uh -huh. on the TV, and one of the first teams I seen was the Boston Celtics. And there I fell in love with them ever since. That's, that is so true. And that's, you know, that's one thing about uh, professional sports. It's that young age. Like, you know, when I was a kid, gosh, back in the 70s, 60s, 70s, before you were even in the scheme of life, obviously. Yeah, my family was a big, you know, they're all LA fans. So I'm in California. So all the LA professional teams became a part of my uh, genetic past. So that's how I am too. So it's, it's funny, what, it's what you learn when you're a young child is what happens and it sticks with you. It's amazing. Yeah. Your life. It's yeah, for really sure. Well, Jeff, hey, thank you so much for being on our podcast today. You've uh, given us a lot of great information, some great things to think about. You're an impressive young person. I wish you well, and I hope that maybe our paths will cross someday soon at one of these conferences in the future and we can be able to look eye to eye and shake hands. Absolutely. Again, thank you so much for joining us today, and uh, we uh, look forward to uh, more from you. So everybody, thank you so much for joining us today on our podcast and we look forward to seeing you next time. Have a great day.